comes from Colossians chapter 3, commencing at verse 1. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly. Fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language on your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but the Christ is all and in all. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the world of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hear the word of the Lord. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 16, verse 1 to 8. The Resurrection of Jesus When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salem bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away this stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. 
But he said to them, Do not be alarmed, for you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb. For terror and amazement had seized them. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. St. Paul says, You have been raised with Christ, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Another way of thinking about that is we live in the eighth day. I don't know whether you've ever noticed, but do look at the font on your way out. Traditional fonts, as that appears to be, I think I've got my numbers right, have eight sides. And that's an important symbol. We live as baptised Christians in the eighth day, the eighth day of new creation. As we see in our gospel, the day of resurrection. See, how did the gospel begin in Mark chapter 16? The gospel of the resurrection? When the Sabbath was over. The eighth day has dawned, the day of God. So we human beings, we count up days to seven and then we begin again. The eighth day just simply doesn't appear on our calendar because this day is not in time. This day is in eternity. It's the day which transcends the ordinary course of time. On the eighth day, Aaron, Moses' brother, was consecrated priest. David, King David, was the eighth son of his father. He was the youngest and not even included in the account. But he was to be Israel's king. A newborn child of the male sex was circumcised in Israel on the eighth day. This day enters our lives as a reality of a higher order than every day reality. Things above, if you think of the Colossians reading, not earthly things. On the eighth day, ordinary life becomes a life with God, hidden with Christ. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, mother the, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, I'm never quite sure either, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. So in the evening, the sun seems... Now, I have absolutely no sense of direction. The sun seems to die blood red in the west. Thank you. I have no sense of direction. This, again, traditional church, lovely, I should have known and to sink into the tomb of night. But, you know, as with this morning, time and again, it rises again. 
and nourishes our dream that one day, after an eternal night, a new day will dawn with unprecedented splendour. And I think that's what the panel is trying to capture. When Jesus died, darkness covered the whole earth. It was a black day. But now, on this Easter morning, the sun rises for the women. And they asked each other, who will roll away the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? It would, it would take very strong men to do it, but the women are alone. No, they're not. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Well, you're right. It's that one. Who's this young man? Matthew will take him to be an angel. But Mark says, you know, only that he's a young man. A young man with good news. He's sitting on the right. In the Bible, that's always the good side. A young man with heavenly news, as his garment is white. Suppose for a moment that the angel in Mark's story had stood outside the still-closed tomb and said to the women, the spirit of your master lives on. Or, the spirit of your master has been regenerated. The immortal soul of Jesus has gone into heaven. A commonplace belief in the Hellenistic, the Greek world of Jesus and the apostles. Similarly today, when we hear people talk of rebirth, life after death, personal immortality, reincarnation, and all kinds of other generic religious beliefs, almost as a matter of course. But that's not at all how the Gospel of Mark ends. The women enter the tomb, for the stone has been removed. They see a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. The tomb is empty. Death has been unable to hold the crucified Jesus. He is risen. Only Christianity speaks of the resurrection of the body. Jesus' disciples must not seek their Lord in the tomb. Where then? In Galilee, where they live and work. In other words, in Galilee, that was where they followed, where they served Jesus. And the young man in white thinks that that is exactly what they must go on doing. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Why is Peter mentioned separately? Probably to emphasise that God is a God of forgiveness, just as Paul is wanting to emphasise to the Colossians. The Eternal One has not only had pity on his Son, but in him, on the world which denied him. The empty tomb depicts Israel's faith that death 
does not have the last word. And in the empty tomb, it is proclaimed that guilt does not have the last word either. Disciples who fell, who failed like Peter, like you and I, must also rise again and become disciples once again. He's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. How will they see him? Well, unlike the other evangelists, this gospel writer tells us nothing about the appearances of Jesus after his death. How will they see him? They will see him by following him. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is a very peculiar way to end a gospel. Some additional verses were added on later, but most interpreters now believe that Mark meant to conclude this way. The news of the resurrection caused the women to just run headlong from the scene. The Gospel of Matthew also conveys something in this sense, you know, that something truly staggering had taken place. And But when, when Matthew writes, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. This is not a story about the immortality of the soul. It's a strange ending in Mark. It's a sad ending. The women do also what the men have done. With them too, the seed seems to have fallen on rocky ground. They are afraid and their faith too falls short. And actually, all our hope was pinned on the women. Sorry, men, but it's true. They are the ones who have so far have been the faithful disciples all the way to the cross. And now they are the ones who have been told. How can the gospel of God continue to be told if not by the women? Like the men, they have followed Jesus and served him on the long way from Galilee to Jerusalem. They've heard him speaking his words in the synagogues and people's houses a new teaching with authority. From his hands they received the bread and the fish that he shared with the Jewish people and the Gentiles, the pagans. They saw his concern for the sick, his love of children. They know that he ordered demons to be silent and stilled the storm. They know the parables he told and did, sharing meals with the least of people. They also know of the hatred he provoked and of his denial of his friends, by his friends. They know his fear in the garden, his silence before his judges, his crucifixion and his burial.
but only the women have learned from the young man in white that nothing could separate the Son of Man from the love of God, the love we are reminded of in Paul's letter to the Colossians. And that is also true for his followers. The love that we are to put on. How is it all to go on? If even the women now drop out, there's no one left to pass on what happened. Why does, the, why does Mark stop his story here? Apparently, to make us, his readers, ask this question. And then to suggest to us that the women are not the only ones who've received this report from on high. We have. We've received this report from on high, the readers of the gospel. Mark wants us sitting and reading this story. It's a very wet afternoon. You might want to do it this afternoon. Read the whole lot. Wants, wants us sitting and reading this story now to follow Jesus and into Galilee and that's why he has made us share in Jesus' life, death and resurrection. He's made sure we cannot just shut his book and go on with the order of the day. The story of Jesus does not stop with the empty tomb. We must not shut the book but open it again at the beginning. We must go back to Galilee. The Son of Man is going before us there in true humanity and we must follow him on this way, putting off our old self and putting on our new self, to use that image from Colossians 3, exhorting us by giving examples of what that looks like. And the empty tomb tells us that this way is no dead end. It is the way to life. See, over the course of a year, the Torah, the law, is read in Jewish synagogues. And on the day that the end of the Torah is read, they begin at the beginning again. The Torah, the first five books, the law of the Bible. Hardly have the faithful heard that Moses died with the promised land before his eyes then the reader takes them back to page one in the beginning. And that's how the Gospel of Mark is to be read. Hardly have you heard that Jesus died, then the narrator takes you back to where he began in chapter one, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus, Messiah, Son of God. Easter is only the beginning. Following Jesus on his way from Galilee to Jerusalem, the empty tomb is no dead end, but the way to life, the life described by Paul in Colossians, the new life lived in the eighth day, the day of resurrection, following Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem, as you let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace.
and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell, in you, dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.